Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, are WWE interested in this AEW rising star? An AEW star says she is struggling to survive. Goldberg done with WWE soon, question mark? And a former WWE star popped up in Impact Wrestling last night. I'm Adam Wilborn. And I'm not. And this is the news. We're going to kick things off by talking about WWE's reported interest in one of AEW's fastest rising stars. Who am I talking about? Jade Cargill. Mm. Of course they're interested in Jade Cargill. Yeah. Silly sausages. This is uh, coming from Andrew Zarian on the latest Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast talking about Jade Cargill a little bit saying that people within WWE are 100% interested in her now that they've seen what she can do mm-hmm. on television. So this comes on the same week that Jade extended her undefeated run in AEW. She's now 27-0. She beat AQA on this week's episode of Dynamite. Uh, yeah, undefeated, undisputed, undiluted. <laughs> I haven't got other on words, but I'm sure there are more mm. that we could use to compliment Jade Cargill on her Unstoppable. run. Unstoppable. There you go. Undestructible. Yeah. That's a famous one. Um, So, yeah, she's an interesting success story for sure because she was a complete rookie uh, wrestling-wise. She's obviously very athletic and she has her her basketball history and everything else, but she was a total wrestling rookie when she came in. She had the debut match again with Shaq as her tag team partner. That was less than a year ago. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how time passes. Uh, 27 matches since then. Uh, she has proven herself in recent months as well a successful quarter hour ratings draw a lot of her matches have taken place in quarter hours where the numbers for the show have gone up so she's clearly an attraction Um, and WWE have had her in for a tryout before she turned them down she gave an interview with Talk is Jericho last week where she was like talking about family considerations and other things and about how WWE said hey this is your family now which is kind of weird and cult-like so it's one of us yeah it's easier to see why she might choose a company like AEW where she doesn't have to relocate every single aspect of her life but yeah of course WWE would be interested in her she's not the finished article yet as a pro wrestler she's still learning her trade but that's fine because she's only had 27 matches Uh, but she's got things that cannot be taught she's got presence a charisma about her Um, I think she's destined to become a massive star in this sport so yeah of course they're interested in her yeah, not exactly surprised by this. I've got to admit, the first time I saw Jade Cargill, I probably reacted the same way Vince McMahon did. I was like, who the hell is that? Yeah. 
but yeah, she's doing great stuff in AW. I think it's probably for the best that she didn't go to WWE straight away. I know they've got the performance center, but you know, as much as there have been issues, she's very green, or she was very green when she first started out on TV. It does seem to be improving rapidly there. Yeah. Uh, we were even pitching yesterday on a video, potentially her facing like Nyla Rose, defending that TBS championship on the Revolution pay-per-view. So she's coming on leaps and bounds. WWE obviously would love to have her. She is, like you say, one of the stars of not just the AW Women's Division, but AW on the whole. And yeah, it's going to be very interesting in the coming weeks, months and years as these stars that AEW have brought in themselves rather than just, you know, picked up from other promotions, uh, picked up from WWE, I mean. It's going to be very interesting when those contracts come up if we start getting bidding wars. Because, you know, yeah. it's very much been WWE guys, AEW first set up, and then WWE guys going to AEW and not very much the other way. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting for her. And no doubt going to chuck money at people like MJF. So, yeah. oh, it's going to be very tasty as and when time, those come up. It? It's yeah. a fun time. Uh, right, let's move on and talk about someone, though, who is, quote, Struggling to survive in the current AEW. Uh, in talking, of course, of Hikaru Shida. She was writing for Weekly Pro Wrestling. And I should caveat this by simply saying uh, that the reason why she says she's struggling to survive is just that the hurdles for herself and other Japanese uh, athletes are, in her words, much higher than before. And for the most part, she cites the COVID-19 pandemic uh, and the growth of the women's division in AEW for this. She says, my feeling is that the hurdle for Japanese women's pro wrestlers to come to AEW has become much higher. The major cause is the corona disaster, which is not easy to finish. And it's because the AEW women's division has been growing so much in the past year. She also cited the language barrier, but she did say, Andy, that she hopes things get better when the pandemic eases up. It's sort of, you know, weirdly all over the place at the moment. Some countries seem to be, fingers crossed, touch wood, you know, coming out towards the end of it. Other countries still very much in the grip of it. It's understandable that for people like her, and to a certain extent, you can probably compare a situation to someone like Pac, just nipping back and forth to America to occasionally pop up on AEW is a lot harder than people in America. Difficult. Very difficult, yeah, absolutely. The, when the Joshi wrestlers were kind of coming into AEW, even before AEW actually like properly ran a show, it was like going to be a special attraction. Yeah. It was reported as it was going to be like the, the, the WCW Cruiserweight Division equivalent and that you could show up and you'd just see some awesome action from some wrestlers you maybe weren't so familiar with. Um, obviously, the pandemic has played a big impact on that because travel restrictions is not just coming to the United yeah. States. It's from if you're from Japan, where the restrictions are heavier, uh, getting home becomes an issue yeah. uh, as well. So there's all kinds of reasons there for this. I think her comments are very fair for sure. Um, she does record-breaking women's champion. She held it for longer than anyone. Uh, clearly someone the company liked a lot. I think she did a good job as champion under very difficult circumstances at the onset of this global bastard, mm. uh, as we've referred to it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I would like to see a situation where we maybe see more people coming over once it's easier to do so. We've had Maki Ito. We've had Yuka Sakazaki yeah. here and there. Emi Sakura's on Dark and Elevation at the moment as well. We'd like to see her more on TV because she's really great. Um, but yeah, uh, fair comments. Yeah, I would not be surprised Ooh. if she surprise appearances back on AEW quite soon with that Serena D challenge that she's putting out. Uh, Hampler pitched a great idea of a masked person coming in and maybe lasting the five minutes that Serena Deeb's been challenging these rookies to. And then it's Hikaru Shida, because those two have got history and put on absolute bangers. Yeah, exactly. Need that one to be wrapped up, and it'll be awesome when it is. 
Uh, I forgot my story. <laughs> Goldberg, right? Oh, I can't tell you how happy I was reading the story today. <laughs> is Goldberg going to be done with WWE after Elimination Chamber? That's the question. Uh, possibly. Oh, so I'll take it. I'll take it possibly, baby. Smackdown tonight is a doubleheader. They're, they're doing a live show and they're pre-taping next week's episode because obviously they're going to Saudi Arabia the next day. Travel, you know how it works. Um, but beyond Elimination Chamber, where Goldberg is wrestling Roman Reigns for the Universal Champion, he isn't currently advertised for any further WWE shows. Now, we should caveat this by saying that plans change at the drop of a hat in WWE. Just because he's not advertised now doesn't mean they might go, ah, yeah, we could really use a 55-year-old guy on this yeah. show. Let's get Bill in. Um, there's also some ambiguity on his contract as well because Bill himself has said in the past, I've only got one match left. But he's also said my contract runs through 2023. So there's a, a bit of confusion with that. It's muddy, it's cloudy. Um, there's also the possibility that he could re-sign with WWE, Please which I no. wouldn't rule out altogether. Uh, yeah, it's Goldberg. You know, he's a divisive character in these roles. Um, he's going to go to Saudi Arabia and lose in two minutes. Yeah. Like, that's going to be a thing that happens. That'll be fine. Um... But yeah, I can. I certainly understand why a lot, of, a lot of people don't like seeing him around. Yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I was excited as anyone when he first came back and loved that run that he had. Yes. And I even loved, you know, when he occasionally popped up and murdered Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, what about for example. The fiend? And then there was the Fiend stuff. Um, and now I just don't care. I don't think there's anything really I need to see from him. It's only fear that a something bad's going to happen whilst he's in the ring, or b. Well, also, something bad's going to happen once he's in the ring, i.e. he beats someone like Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns or someone like that. Look, Saudi payday is what it is. We've talked about that enough. I do not need to see him anymore. I, I think this, if he has got one match left, when it doesn't include Saudi Arabia. Do you know what I'd do? They were talking the other day about the WrestleMania 30 be, 38 being in complete flux and then wanting another big match. Now they've lost Shane McMahon. Chuck him on there. Give him the match against Big E, because apparently you don't know what you're doing with this guy who should be world champion right now. Uh, give him that and just have him give him a nice send-off at WrestleMania in Texas. And that's that. I don't, there's no, there's not a dream match left that I want to see Goldberg have. And I, if you're not going to do him versus Big E for the banter, just have him wreck a dude like he did Dolph Ziggler, hit a spear, hit a jackhammer and then... Well, piss off, basically. So in conclusion, we'll see him for Crown Jewel this October. Can't wait till he wins the Universal Championship <laughs> yeah. next weekend. Uh, right, let's talk about a former WWE star who popped up on Impact Wrestling last night. You remember Connor? Connor off of the Ascension while well, he popped up on Impact Wrestling. Uh, he actually left WWE in December uh, 2019 uh, alongside Victor, his partner in the Ascension. Um... And he's been doing lots of indie stuff, but he popped up on Impact Wrestling last night uh, as part of Josh Alexander's sort of hurdles to a world title shot, basically. And he lost in a minute. <laughs> he uh, tapped out to the ankle lock. Um, I suppose this is just, you know, he's, he's utilised as a big, big, mean bastard that Josh Alexander had to plough through because Josh Alexander's mint. Yeah. And yeah, he uh, put on the ankle lock and submitted him inside 60 seconds. Anyway, Twitter questions. <laughs> Look, you know, people yeah. people were huge fans of the Ascension back in the day. I was yeah. very much 
They were fun in NXT, yeah. like squashing the jobbers and stuff. Like it was a, it was a fun run. Uh, and they went to the main roster, and JBL went, "We'll have a piece of that." Yeah, good for you. You're yeah. not, you're not the Legion of Doom Four brothers. Bastards. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, this is the right way to utilize people like this. I think. Yeah, for sure. Bring a guy in. Not everyone needs to get pushed to the moon as soon as they come in. You can use him as like a one-off hurdle guy. Uh, he's 42 years old. Um, you know, they've, they've both Ascension guys are the Awakening. I think that's what they go by now. They've kind of fallen out of the zeitgeist like there's not been much talk about mm, them showing fair. up in places and uh, yeah like I always loved the ring entrance and I uh, thought they had some cool moves and stuff but yeah once they got to the main roster it was kind of mm. the games really there's only one wrestler who should be pushed to the moon do you know who that is? Yeah, Cameron Grimes baby to the moon hello darkness my old friend Good to be back, in it, eh? No Miss this. <laughs> right, let's move on to your Twitter questions. At what culture WWE, of course, if you want to get in touch with us. John Harrison starts off saying, Good morning, legends. Hope you're all safe and well. Well, great, thanks. Hope Thank you, you are too, John. Uh, do you think it's time for Hangman... Hang, a combined Hangman and Adam there because he's written Adam and my brain Hangman Adam Page uh, to lose his next title defence and how would you book him afterwards have a great weekend peace and love peace and love peace and love uh, same to you John uh, at least you got the shoes right brother um, is it time for him to lose his next title defence you re- we were talking in the office you really yeah. enjoyed that that match on, yeah, on Dynamite I thought it was really awesome he's, he's Dusty Rhodes man he's the common man who bleeds like a pig in the big matches it's <laughs> awesome um yeah, so like at the start of Hangman's title reign, I would totally have been here, and I think I've said this on video before. Like, I would totally understand a short title reign because sometimes the chase is more compelling than the reign. But man, these two title defenses have been really awesome, and I don't feel like any urge to flip the belt to Adam Cole, who looks like he's going to be the mm-hmm. next champion. I don't think so. I've, I've changed my mind thanks to these matches. I think uh, Paige has done a good job in these bouts. I think that we need to give him his flowers between the ropes as well because often when we come out of these matches, we're going, wasn't Kenny great or wasn't Danielson great? Ah, Paige has been awesome in all mm-hmm. of them. Um, look, let's keep this going. I, I do think his next feud needs to be a bit more focused than the Lance one was before the match, uh, but I think we'll get that with Cole. I think this thing has legs. Let's keep it going until we find the perfect guy to usurp him. Well, I found the perfect guy to usurp him, Of course you have. Uh, I don't think it should be Adam Cole. I completely agree with you. I think they are going to put on an absolute surprising ripper revolution, though. Uh, although, I'm not sure if that's been announced. We're assuming it's going to go down a revolution. Yeah. Uh, and I would have him lose the title at the pay-per-view after that. Double or nothing, which is what, May, normally? Yep. Yep, double or nothing. Lose that to the, well, one half of the two people who is overshadowing his world title reign right now, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I, I, I know I'm a stuck record. I know I booked this for Evolution, but fine. We'll have some wild stipulation match potentially for, for Punk MJF 2, despite the fact that MJF's 2 0 up, weird feud. Um, and Sid just pitched a dog collar match, for example, because yeah. of all the uh, Piper references. And yeah. Um, Regardless of all of that, I think MJF should always win, of course. Uh, I'd have MJF take the title off him. Also, they've got a bit of history there with them at Double or Nothing. What is it, two yeah. years? I can't remember. No, time has no A meaning. while ago. Yeah, elimination. Oh, time time is a spinning flat clock or whatever the true detective <laughs> Rahul Ambakar gives us our second question of the day, saying, with Bullet Club as a stable gone cold in New Japan, do you think yeah. it would be a good idea to resurrect them in AEW? Nope. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I understand the aesthetic is cool and people are still into Bullet Club and, and like a lot of the wrestlers and yeah, very, very talented crew. But the whole appeal of Bullet Club 
was in the beginning that Japanese wrestling is this sacred sport-like thing and these guys are disruptors to that. That's why uh, Prince Devitt was such an effective heel. He was like, he's disrespecting the rules. How can you do that? This is Japan, you can't do that here. Um, in American wrestling, doesn't quite have the same appeal because those things are more commonplace. The interferences, the distractions, and AEW programming already has, in my opinion, a little bit too much of that. I would much rather Bullet Club stayed far away from it because that's their game, that's what they do. Um, especially House of Bloody Torture. Do not get me started on House <laughs> of Bloody Torture. Um, but yeah, politely, I can understand why people would want to see Bullet Club in AEW, but keep that stuff away. I don't want that on my weekly show that I earnestly enjoy. I think it's feasible. I think I think you know you could obviously do it. There's already storylines I'll talk about in a second that, that it could be included sure. into. Sure. I just think yeah, right now it's already quite a bit, a bit of a big confusing mess. Occasionally, AEW sometimes storylines happen one week and then not the next or the next bloody month for all we know. <laughs> so I, I think it would just complicate stuff or or the opposite, oversimplify it and be like, are you Bullet Club or are you not? And like, I don't need another invasion storyline for yeah. quite some time. Having said that, I do like all the allusions to it with, with Jay White. And then you've got, you know, what's going on with Cole and the books and Red Dragon and, and, and uh, Omega when he comes back. Like there's stuff to be lent on there. I just wouldn't go full. Here's Bullet Club in AEW, basically. Fair play. Final question today comes from regular contributor Frazier Cranium. Thanks as always, Frazier, who says, Morning, lads. Happy Friday. What wrestling memory from your childhood is burned into your memory? I remember being scared daft by Papa Shango setting some poor loser's hand on fire. All the best, Jen. Oh, fair play. Uh, it's going to be a cliched answer, and I always give this answer when we're talking about like early childhood wrestling memories, but it's with a tear in my eye, the Ric Flair stuff. Uh, 1992 Royal Rumble was my first ever wrestling mm -hmm. show and you know immediately enchanted by Roddy Piper who I thought was actually Scottish at the time of course uh, winning the Intercontinental Champion and buzzing the Mountie take that the Mountie you evil man uh, but yeah it's the Ric Flair story in the main event and the, the promo down the lens and all of that stuff um, also the stupid dumb Sid Hogan argument from that match it's just so perfectly <laughs> yes. dysfunctional it rules but yeah those are those are I've given you three answers there from one show but they all rule yeah I, I'd like to say I had such you know classic memories of mine do you know what I first thought of when I read this question big show bodyboarding on his dad's casket so, <laughs> Don't know why that stuck in my memory and popped up here. Like it is like generally yeah. just The Rock. I remember turning on watching The Rock and going, well, he's the greatest person I've ever seen. But for some reason that also comes into mind and Kane burning people basically or you, just doing the boom and me being like, well, that's pretty awesome. You remember the great as much as the weird. Yeah, exactly. Let us know yours in the comment section below and we'll move on to today's and finally. Uh, and shout out to the brilliant Mikey Ruckus who is working on Danhausen's theme in AW. <laughs> did you see the tease about what this is going to sound yes, like? Yes, I did. Tequila <laughs> meets the monsters meets Doctor Who. Hashtag the Danhausen show. Uh, very excited to hear what that sounds like. And also, actually, Mikey, if you need I do a very good impression of Danhausen. I'm not sure if you've seen this. If you need it, we'll just do it now so you can have it nice and clean. You ready, Phil? Just keep this nice and just silence the microphone. Okay, ready? Sure. Nice. Oh, shame. Uh -huh. Very nice, very evil, my life. That's, uh, That's what Danhausen says, isn't it? It's Ali G. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> What's the need? What's the need? Let us know your thoughts. 
on that. And all of today's news stories in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, myself and the Daddy Boys sitting down to preview SmackDown, AW Rampage, and we've got WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz, of course. Flushing let us know your thoughts and Twitter questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Actually, follow both of us. You can follow my colleague, who's great to be back, Andy Murray at... At Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Gar. H is silent, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at the WhatCultureWWE. <laughs> Uh, but for now, my thanks, to, my thanks to Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.